sunshine, swimming pools, green grass, and great conversation. It's summertime, and this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Put a smile upon your face as if there's nothing wrong. Think about a good time had a long time ago. Think about forgetting about your worries and your woes. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Walking in sunshine, inside and outside. I think it's outside sunshine today. It's supposed to be. Uh, here on the Watchdog Morning Show, it's 9, 10, 10 minutes after the hour. 66 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 65 at the Highlands. 67 in Elm Grove outside uh, my uh, deck. And 65 degrees uh, here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios. Downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Uh, Going to be a calm and quiet day today. A daytime high up to around 80 degrees. Mainly clear skies. Tomorrow, another pleasant day in store. Sunny skies all day long tomorrow. Highs in the low 80s. It will turn wet and stormy on Thursday, though, uh, with temperatures in the upper 70s. The weekend is one good day, one bad day, one good day, one bad day. So that's what you have to uh, to live with. Frio Stack Auction Service Hotline is open and available at 304-232-8255, 304-232-TALK, or you are welcome to join us on the Frio Stack Auction Service text line at 304-214-1600, 304-214-1600. Frio Stack lines are always open, always available. Uh, get the text anytime, get you on the air when we have time. Uh, Frio Stack Auction Service text line. Let us see here. Howard, thank you for your last guest. I got another hour of sleep. Okay. All right. By the way, you might say his name to refresh new listeners. Man, you know, they're just jabbing and jabbing away today in some of these people. I don't get it. Uh, it was former governor of Ohio, Ted Strickland. Did you get the sense that when I, I mean, his answer was quick. I said, do you ever miss it? He was fast in saying Yes. Yeah, and I, I would have bet everything that yes, sure. It, it's good to be king, and it's not too bad to be governor, Howard. Right, and um, you know I think he would love to be back in the game again. But as he said, it's now a younger man's game. But uh, he's the older, elder statesman, and when there's an issue of some importance, like issue one here in Ohio, uh, he comes out and begins to uh, make his opinion known. I always enjoyed Ted Strickland. I followed, I was, followed him when he was a congressman and then, of course, uh, governor. Uh, for a couple of terms, and I thought he was an excellent, uh, excellent governor, too. Uh, text line, let's see here. Um, sounds just like what the Republicans said about the Democrats for the 70 years the Dems had control of the legislature. I I'm not exactly sure what you're talking about. I assume it's the West Virginia legislature. Uh, what I explained yesterday, Bob asked me the question, I gave you the answer, and uh, Mike Pushkin, uh, state Dem chair, earlier this morning gave us the answer. Governor Justice called the special session at 3.30 to start at 4 o'clock, and at 4 o'clock he handed them 44 bills. said, here are your bills. Figure them out. The Democrats, whether you like Democrats or not, the Democrats, when they were in control in the legislature in West Virginia, always gave bills in days ahead of time. You didn't have a bill suddenly showing up when the session was gaveled in. You had the bills, Democrats, Republicans, independents, the media, the public had a chance to look at the bills 
days ahead of time so they could sort of suss it out and figure out what needed to be done. So I'm not totally sure what this texter is saying, um, but certainly the Democrats were uh, uh, much more amenable to letting everybody else um, have the information ahead of time. And that's the some of these bills are bad bills, but the real issue in the legislature in Charleston right now is they, they came out of nowhere and, and nobody really knew for sure what uh, what was going on. All right, we are at uh, 9, I lost my clock here, 9.13 on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, a couple of days ago, Matt Robeson and I talked about uh, the Trump indictments, and I want to talk to Matt about that briefly again because there was a little bit of movement yesterday. But I I'd invited Matt on uh, last week to, to talk about how the systems are failing, just like we talked about with Governor Strickland in Ohio, where the legislature just thumbed their nose at the Supreme Court, who said your your uh, redistricting boundaries are unconstitutional. You got to redraw them, and the legislature said, "Eh, yeah, no, we're not going to do that." And that's only one example. Matt and I will talk about that and more coming up next here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Coming up on Metro News Hotline. On the Tuesday edition of the show, we'll keep you updated on the pennant races, conference realignment, and other football topics. Dave Bryan from Steeler Depot will join us at 4 o'clock, plus your calls, texts, tweets, in or out, and our question of the day. Metro News Hotline with Dave Weekly, weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 at WVMetroNews.com and on this Metro News station. Menards has what you need to finish your home improvement project. Choose from a large variety of fasteners. Whether you need standard nails for general construction or specialty nails for specific applications, you'll find them here. Manufactured in the USA using the highest quality steel. New fast 3-inch collated framing nails come in a package of 2000 and are now $47.99 after 11% rebate. Good through August 13th. Savings are a mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's healthcare demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care right here at home. Developing new and exclusive services, recruiting top surgeons. We embody the mountaineer spirit, building upon strong traditions, pioneering medical care, moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital, delivering the right care, right place, right time. Everyone appreciates the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, even Governor Justice. Howard, you're a good man, and I appreciate all you do every day. Thank you, sir. Weekdays, 7 to 10 a.m. on the Watchdog. Great conversation continues now on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. I looked around enough to know you're the one I want to go through time with. Nine sixteen here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Hey, listen to the, the little promo we made of Governor Justice months ago. 
what, what the, Ted Strickland, Governor Strickland said, like, you know, Howard, you say things better than I do. Could, you think I could pull that out and make another one? We'll get a two governors doing promos for us? You think we could get, uh, what's that clown's name in Pennsylvania, Thomas Wolf? You, th- you think we can get him to get conjure him? up one for you, Howard? So we could have the th- 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 a trifecta of promos from governors. Uh, all agreeing with me. Matt Robeson is with us. Uh, Matt is, as you well know, we've talked about it, talked with him frequently. He is a uh, former congressional staffer, campaign consultant, a podcaster, a broadcaster, a writer, uh, one of our political analysts here on the show. And it's always good to talk to him. Matt, good morning. Welcome to the show again. Howard, it's great to be back. And for your listener who complained or maybe celebrated the fact that he was able to take a nap during your previous hour, I will do my best to make this as lively and exciting and not depressing as possible. I'm not sure I can guarantee that last part, though, because this topic is a stone-cold bummer, man. Yeah, we're going to get to a topic that I've been wanting to talk about for a while, and Matt was going to talk about it with me uh, last week, and we got off on the Trump thing for the entire uh, segment. I want to revisit this issue of uh, things are failing in this country. But let me just talk Trump for one quick second. Uh, I I thought it was interesting yesterday, Matt, that the— Attorneys for Trump uh, did not like the protective order that the judge had proposed in the uh, uh, in in the D.C. case, uh, suggesting that the way I read it. Tell me if you read it this way. They felt that it was too broad. The the judge said Trump shouldn't be allowed to talk about any of the evidence and talk about any of the witnesses and so on. And the the attorney said, Well, no, you know, maybe some things, but not everything should be banned. I read that as Trump is preparing to try to taint the jury pool by releasing evidence selectively, and he wants to be able to do that. That's the way I read that. I That could be right. What you've seen over and over in Trump legal cases is a disagreement between the Trump political team and the Trump legal team. Sometimes the optimal legal strategy doesn't match the optimal political strategy. As a congressional staffer and a campaign manager, I actually found myself in this position a lot of the time. And of course, we saw this on full display in the Clinton White House, where the lawyers were frequently in charge of the strategy, right? And the communications folks, and this a lot of this came out later, were like pulling their hair out because the things that you want to say for politics purposes and the things you want to do for legal purposes just don't always match up. I suspect that there may be when when the legal team is filing here to try to keep things broad, my suspicion is they're trying to avoid getting themselves in trouble with the judge because they know they have a client who's a deranged maniac and is probably going to break whatever protective order uh, ends up getting passed here, if, if any is you know applied. Um, and so they're just trying to protect themselves legally. I think what Trump has in mind is he wants to continue BSing. He loves BSing. That's his entire reason for existing. Um, so, I mean, you, you might be right that, that there is a, a clever alignment here between, you know, like inside the room, Trump and, and his lawyer are like, oh, what we want to do is to try to, you know, work the potential pool of jurors. That's, that's possible. I'm just not sure that Trump is capable of that much strategic forethought. And this may be the lawyer saying, like, you know, if, if we are under some kind of an injunction here, there is a 100 percent chance that Trump is going to break that. We're going to get in even more legal trouble. Uh, and we just want to avoid that. What does the judge do if um, if Donald Trump, former president of the United States, just out and out refuses to follow um, an order from the court? She had already warned about um, 
not threatening witnesses or intimidating uh, witnesses and so on. And yet he came out with a darn close to that with his comment, um, you come after me, I'll come after you. He actually said some nasty things about the judge. How does a judge handle a former president who violates court orders like that? This is an unbelievably difficult question. I mean, this is actually kind of the larger meta question that I think you're asking this morning that's kind of plaguing us across the country, which is we have a political party in this country where it has become a central tenet, part of their strategy, part of their entire worldview, that they will not abide by laws or judges or the legal system um, and and they are, I mean, maybe not literally thumbing their nose, but they're certainly figuratively and very actively thumbing their nose at the legal system. And to connect to your first point, Trump thinks, whether or not this is true, Trump thinks that he is deriving a political benefit the more he tries to poke his thumb in the eye of judges and the, the Biden administration and the powers that be. And so he has every incentive in the world to do this. And it is incredibly fraught for the judge. What is the judge going to hold him in contempt, fine him? I mean, Trump has abided by, you know, legal sanctions in the past, but we're in uncharted territory here. I don't know that I have, this is the hardest answer for any like political analyst or staffer to give. I'm not sure I know the answer to your question. Well, I do not know what this judge does. We are in uncharted territory, and, and that's, that's why so many of the questions I've been asking the last few weeks are almost rhetorical questions, because I have no sense of it. It seems to me that Trump has already shown his willingness to push against the order to not intimidate witnesses. It's been arguable at the moment, but I can easily picture Trump going over the line and just basically saying, you know, um, so and so, I'm coming to get you. Um, and then, I, but what do you do? If it's a normal defendant, you find them, you hold them in contempt, you may even put them in jail for a day or two. You probably don't do that with the former president of the United States, probably. So what do you do? How do you try to make him accountable when he is not accountable? And you're right. That's the heart of the conversation I want to have right now. How do we hold people accountable who simply choose not to be held accountable to the rule of law? I just talked last hour with the former governor of Ohio, Ted Strickland, uh, about the Ohio legislature last year uh, had Supreme Court orders to redraw the, the uh, redistricting boundaries. And they basically said, no, we just won't. And indeed, Ohio went to the polls with uh, what were essentially ruled illegal uh, boundaries, uh, redistricting boundaries. Uh, down in Alabama, I think it was Alabama, Alabama, where the Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court had said, you have to create a second district, a more black district. And the Alabama GOP-led legislature said, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. The world's falling apart, Matt. Let's go to the Ohio example, um, although all of those, I agree with your last statement, I, I agree with all of them, because the Ohio example 
is the exact same situation that you just laid out hypothetically with, with Donald Trump. So the Ohio Supreme Court ruled that what the Ohio Republican-led legislature had done was unconstitutional. It was illegal. And bear in mind, well, anyway, I'll, I'll, <laughs> this continues to spool out because the illegalities keep stacking one on top of the other. Um, and so this, the, the, the chief justice of the Ohio Supreme Court had a decision to make when the legislature basically just said, hey, go, to, go pound sand. She decided not to hold them in contempt. And she said on the record that she was doing that because she thought that the political consequences would be too great. This is the exact situation you just laid out with Donald Trump. What do you do? I mean, look, parents go through this all the time. What do you do with like a willful child who simply will not do what you tell them to do? Right. Um, and now we have a, a willful toddler who is also a former president of the United States and who is also, according to his own attorneys, delusional. <laughs> let's not forget. I mean, we can go off on that tangent if we want. But, you know, like, let's not forget that essentially what his attorneys argued all weekend is that Donald Trump was so delusional that only he believed his big lie and that this man who who could not comprehend reality should somehow get access to the nuclear codes again. That's their argument. And so you have this delusional toddler figure who simply may not abide by the rulings of our legal system. And then what are you left with? Um, you know, we went through this when there, there were people who refused congressional subpoena. And there was conversation of, well, do you put them in jail? Members of the, of the Trump administration. I mean, there are Congress does have the power. Um, they, the Congress has a sergeant at arms. I got to tell you that uh, I, I have, when I was a congressional staffer, like the sergeant at arms is not an intimidating figure. Okay, we're not <laughs> talking about Walker, Texas Ranger here. Um, but the sergeant at arms, yeah. at theory, in theory, is at arms and could take people to. Um, you know, they have a lockup. Um, you could do that. Like, are are they going to send federal marshals after? Donald Trump, again, we're in kind of uncharted territory here, and I don't know the answer because at the end of the day, they are getting away with this. The Alabama legislature passed they, – they ignored the Supreme Court order to redraw their congressional maps. They passed basically the same freaking map over again with a supermajority, and Governor Kay Ivey signed it. Yeah. So under the power of the governor of the sovereign state of Alabama, she literally co-signed this defiance of the U.S. Supreme Court. Now what? I don't know. You know, Donald Trump is sort of the defining figure, and he's the one that's hard to deal with because anything under Trump's level there are ways to deal with it, and we could talk about some of them. Even other elected officials, there are conceivable ways to deal with it. Trouble with, with, with Trump is, if you want to hold him in contempt, if you want to uh, uh, say that he violated the, the, uh, the gag order or he, he threatened witnesses and you want to do something about it, 
you could end up creating a gigantic riot. We could be back to January 6th with Trump. I mean, lesser figures, and I'm even talking about elected officials, maybe there are ways to deal with it. With Trump, that's that. the judge has got to keep that in mind, too. Absolutely. And, you know, just to draw a line, this is back to a point you were making a few minutes ago. One of the four charges uh, that was included in the latest federal indictment of Donald Trump is for violating, bear with me here, including your listener who might be looking for another nap, Section 241 of Title 18 of the U.S. Code. That's basically known as the KKK law, because back during Reconstruction, after the Civil War, we fought we fought Civil War, okay? And it was over the issue of we cannot hold slaves in this country. We're not going to do that anymore. And in the South, the states basically did what KIV is doing right now. They basically said, no, we're just going to we're just going to find ways to disempower and disenfranchise our black citizens. We don't see them as citizens. <laughs> and so the federal government passed this law to give itself the power to go after people who try to deny voting rights to citizens. And Donald Trump has now been charged under this law, which is super appropriate. And, you know, there, so there's a through line here back to back to the Civil War. And in essence, I mean, I'm not trying to sound overly dramatic, but I'm not sure that I see a big difference between the original intent of, the, of those laws from 150 years ago and what we're seeing now. The Civil War, the Civil War was fought in part because the southern states wanted to be able to nullify Federal law, sure. they just wanted to ignore them. In what way is that not what Ohio and Texas and Alabama and all of these states are now doing, what the entire Republican Party is now doing? It feels to me like the same thing. And here we are 150 years later, and these people are still revolting. And it's not just the folks you mentioned, uh, even members of Congress. Jim Jordan, I think, is still ignoring a congressional subpoena. 400 days later. Ordered, ordered, uh, subpoenaed to testify and uh, just uh, just ignores it. So uh, Donald Trump, let's talk about how that we got here. I don't think there's any question Donald Trump exacerbated the lack of faith in our institutions. Um, I don't know that any of us recognized in the beginning of his presidency how powerful his ability to destroy our faith in our institutions was. But it already was at a pretty low level. I mean, Americans had become distrustful of almost all institutions even before Trump was president. That's absolutely true, and there is a long pattern. There's actually a fun Google. Um, if, you're, if you're looking for something to do with your hands while you listen, uh, you can look up Gallup polling on Americans' faith in institutions, you see a pretty straight downward slide uh, on virtually everything. The most dramatic one recently has been on the Supreme Court. Go figure. Um, support for or trust in the Supreme Court as an institution has gone down by about 20 points over the last 20 years. That's very substantial. Um, you know, and look, I, I think I think you, you, that's a good way to put it, that that Trump is exacerbating trends that 
we already saw. And I mean, just to kind of draw another connection point, what we're seeing in your neighboring state, and I'm sure Governor Strickland commented on this when he was on your show. That's a great get. He's, he's, a, he's a phenomenal um, political leader. I'm sure you guys talked about the referendum issue one happening sure. in Ohio today. And what that all boils down to is if we don't like the rules that we have set up, if re- Republicans are saying if we cannot win under these rules, we will keep changing rules until we can win. Issue one is just the latest attempt by Republicans to change the rules around referenda, around ballot measures. They've actually done this in at least 10 states that we can count in just the last six years. 10 states, 20% of America, they've tried to change the rules for ballot measures. Why? Because they're losing because when the people get a say, yeah, when the people have it, yeah, when democracy works, they're in trouble. When democracy works, they're in trouble, and you know they're they're changing all kinds of. They're not just changing the the threshold for passing a referendum; they're changing the rules for even being able to get it on the ballot, and they're making that harder. And they're creating all kinds of. It's just like voter ID laws and hours at the at polling places. It's in fact the exact same thing. Over and over again, what you see, this is a culture that has gripped the Republican Party, is they've decided that they cannot win when democracy prevails, so they've got to change the rules and change the rules. The end result of that is the authoritarian takeover that they attempted on January 6th. You know, you have to. I have to chuckle in Ohio, though, the, um, the Republican-led legislature just last year decided that uh, it was too easy to get measures passed on special elections in the middle of, like, well, let's say, August. And so they banned them. They, they, they passed a law that says you can't have these special elections because they're low turnout elections and they're easily manipulated, and so we're just not going to have them. Until they wanted one, and then they went ahead and did it anyways against the law that they themselves had passed. Right. Exactly. I, mean, well, I, I would laugh. If I did. I, I would laugh, except I think I should cry. Right. And I mean, just to draw all the dots together, what was, you know, back to that, the KKK laws, what were those about? That was about, remember, we didn't, when Carol Mosley Braun was elected U.S. Senator from Illinois in the 1990s, she wasn't the first African-American U.S. Senator. There were black senators during the Reconstruction era, sure. what what the what the people of the South suddenly realized after the Civil War is, whoa, if we're being governed by democracy here, we're going to lose. We're going to lose power. That's what all of these attempts to disenfranchise black people were all about, which was we have got to prevent these people from voting by any means we possibly can. Right. We cannot allow democracy to prevail because we will lose power. Again, that is the exact same thing that you see with voter ID laws. I was just going to say, it's, it's still voting. going on today. And it's still going. And that's, it's just, it's just in another form. It's the exact same thing with all of these anti-voting measures that you see. And then it's the exact same thing 
which, you know, look, if we can't win under with voting, then what we're going to do is we're going to get rid of rules to, to pass ballot measures and referenda. And in that way, we're going to advance the independent state legislature theory, which is lost in the Supreme Court, which says courts can't constrain us. The only sources of power that are going to be allowed are the ones that we control. And if we still lose, if we still lose after we've juked all the rules to our advantage, then what you get is the January 6th scheme. You get Donald Trump and the fake electors and the big lie and the plot to overthrow the federal government of the United States. That's where this all. Matt, I need to take a break, and I, I want to follow up just a brief minute or two afterwards about this. I want to talk about the other institutions in our country as well, because if there's no supporting institutions, then everything is collapsing, and, and that seems to be the case, you know, whether it's the media, well, even religion is losing its its uh, trust of the American public, and, and certainly the military as well. So we'll talk about that uh, coming up in a minute, so hang in there. It's 937, 23 to the hour, and Taylor Long is here with Ohio Valley Headlines. Good Tuesday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this August the 8th. A body discovered could be that of a West Virginia man that had been reported missing. The Lewisburg Police Department believes the body is that of 39-year-old Jared David Schultz of Bourbonsville, West Virginia. Police say the body was located Monday in a wooded area near Interstate 64 and Route 219 in Lewisburg. There is no foul play suspected in this incident at this time. A little bit closer to home in Belmont County, Judge John Vavra issued a bond of $100,000 in the cases of 22-year-old Sherman Leisure and 47-year-old Richard West III. Officials say the two are co-defendants charged with felonious assault and kidnapping in the Belmont County Court of Common Pleas. At this time, the defendants will be tried separately. Officials say it's possible that the prosecutor's office will seek to combine the trials to lessen the impact on the victim and witnesses. And Weirton Medical Center is looking into new programs, and the city of Weirton is stepping in to help. At last night's city council meeting following a public hearing on the matter, the use of city funds to financially assist Weirton Medical Center was approved. Mayor Miller says it is typical that the medical center requests assistance, and this city is always more than happy to contribute with grant funding to keep their operations going. Mayor Miller also says that this is something the city should be responsible for, just as they are responsible for other operations in the city, like the police and fire departments. Weirton is the sixth largest city in the Mountain State and has been named one of the safest. And Mayor Miller attributes a portion of that title to the success of Weirton's operations. And 7 News is your local election headquarters. Ohio's special election has finally arrived. Polls will open soon in Ohio's contentious single-issue special election. Statewide voter turnout has been well over half a million Ohioans, both in-person and absentee. We will have the very latest results as they come in on 7 News and our website, WTRF.com. That was a look at your headlines. Have a wonderful Wednesday, everyone. Who wants craft beer? Saturday, August 19th, the Mountaineer Brewfest brought to you by Wheeling Island Hotel Casino Racetrack is back at Wheeling Heritage Port, showcasing craft beers from West Virginia's finest brewers. With great food, live entertainment, and many more craft beer selections in our beer garden, it's a wild and wonderful time, and you don't want to miss out. Proceeds benefit the Family Service Upper Ohio Valley. Get your tickets now at mountaineerbrewfest.com. How much could a cyber 
attack cost your business? The costs stemming from a cyber attack can vary tremendously, but are extremely significant. Recent studies have shown that the average cost of a data breach to small business can range from $120,000 to $1.2 million. In addition to financial loss, companies also suffer downtime, lost opportunities, and data recovery expenses that can all quickly add up. Could your organization survive a cyber incident? If you are unsure if you are doing enough to protect your data, reputation, and dollars from cyber criminals, contact the team at Omni Strategic Technologies today. Omni has the right tools and support to help keep your business protected. Call 304-242-7600 and schedule your free consultation today or visit omniperforms.com. Omni Strategic Technologies, the only cybersecurity and advisory firm that the watchdog trusts. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. So stop in and check out Toyota's wide range of all-wheel and four-wheel drive vehicles, like a sporty Camry or a stylish Corolla, both with great MPGs. Or test drive a new RAV4, Highlander, or Corolla Cross, each with plenty of cargo room. And be ready for any summer adventure. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals. Hurry, offers end September 5th. Toyota, let's go places. Spend your summer mornings with us. News, information, conversation, controversy, and fun. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. going to be that kind of a rainy day today, but if it was, it'd be a nice day to walk hand in hand with the one you love, I guess. Outside doing that. All right. Uh, We are at uh, 942, 18 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, 66 at the airport, 65 at the Highland, 67 in Elm Grove, and 65 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Only a few more minutes with my friend Matt Robeson as we're talking about the lack of uh, faith in American institutions. We see it, Matt, most clearly with Donald Trump and his attacks on the Justice Department and on the FBI and on law enforcement in general, and then many of his cult and others in the GOP rally around that. But really, this lack of trust in institutions goes even deeper than that, doesn't it? It goes very deep, and we talked a few minutes ago about there's a a substantial amount of polling on this that shows that Americans' faith in institutions has been degraded. But it's not that it fell off a cliff. It's that it was pushed. And, I mean, some of it I'm not going to blame politically on Republicans. I'm just not. I mean, in the last 25 years, about 40 million Americans have stopped going to church, right? Mm -hmm. That's about 12% of the population um, and in your your other line of work, I'm sure that that's not a welcome that's not a welcome <laughs> for you. Ever. I, you know, and so I I mean that's I'm not going to say that that that's Republican politicians' fault. Um, as a matter of fact, they probably have a vested interest in uh, seeing the reverse happen. So there are larger societal changes, definitely, but Republicans have leaned into trying to degrade faith in expertise 
Tom Nichols wrote a whole book about this. You can read him in The Atlantic, The Death of Expertise. Um, and you saw this most in display during the height of the pandemic right. and the denigration of medical expertise and running down what medical professionals, what epidemiologists, what Anthony Fauci and what the government were telling us. Um, now, was the leader there Donald Trump? Yes. Did the whole Republican Party buy in? Yes. Was Ron DeSantis's theory of the case for why he would be successful running for president, running on the strength of his anti-COVID protective, you know, stance? Yes. Um, so, you know, like that's that is part and parcel. But you see it broadly. And if you look at the most recent set of Gallup polling, you see that uh, faith in the military is down five points. Lo and behold, Republicans have started attacking the military in the last couple of years as, oh, it's all too woke. Faith in the police down six points. Well, um, you know, some of that probably accords to some of the Black Lives Matter protests. There, there are, you know, there are certainly factors that might be coming from the left there. The medical system, we just talked about that. Um, faith in church or organized religion, we talked about that down six points. Public schools, faith down four points. The point is that you know, it's a constellation of there are trends, some of which are just, you know, things that are happening in society, things that are happening in the world around us. But the Republican Party has made it part of their mantra to adopt an anti-institution, anti-expertise, anti-science, and, and just generally anti-trust uh, stance. And, you know, that's, they are they are degrading our ability to be coherent together as a society because there's nothing that we trust in together. But the question becomes then, if I may use an old Groucho Marx line, who do you trust? Um, you know, okay, we, we don't trust, and by the way, it's amazing that these are once upon a time institutions the Republican Party was giantly behind. We don't trust the police. We don't trust the courts. We don't trust uh, any politician. We don't trust uh, the media. We don't trust religion. We don't, certainly we're seeing that the, 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 the trust in schools. I don't know that that's a universal thing, but that's that's clearly a plank of what the Republicans wanted to have is no trust in our education system. I oftentimes ask my Republican friends who start down this road, what do you believe in? What do you believe in? It, they, well, it, it's, it's like the philosophers in the Big Lebowski. They're nihilists. They believe in nothing. Um, you know, like they, they, they believe in the, their authoritarian dear leader, Trump, because he says so. Um, but no, they, there isn't there isn't a common cultural fabric. Now, what conservatives, not Republicans, what true conservatives would say, because those things are no longer the same, is that the, the chicken that comes before the egg here is the, the fraying of cultural fabric. It's the statistic of 25 million fewer Americans attending church. It's the lack of shared cultural values. It's the, you know, it, it, it would be some of the loss of what for them were traditional cultural values. Um, that That is their theory of the case. What someone of a more liberal bent might say is, again, it's not that these things fell off a cliff, it's that they were pushed. I, I think that these things are incredibly complex. 
right? And and trying to assign blame, and then even harder trying to assign fixes. It's just it's incredibly complicated. Yeah, I get but there I, is, I get so frustrated anymore because uh, to use your comment, use your phrase, you know, the fraying of the uh, of the cultural fabric. I don't know how we knit it together again. That's my problem. I don't know how that happens. Matt, I do know that I'm short on time, so i got to say thanks for joining us. Again, reminder, people can check out your podcast, Beyond Politics and Others, uh, always on uh, any of the podcast uh, platforms. Uh, they can follow you on, oh, no, what's this, X. X now. I can't call it Twitter. It's on X. Uh, uh, <laughs> i got to follow Matt on X. Uh, are you on Threads? I'm on Threads too. I'm so I, on X. I'm at Matt L. Robeson on Threads. I don't know. I think I'm also still at Matt L. Robeson. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I'm on Threads. I haven't used it much uh, either, but uh, people can find you there. And of course, the Blue Amp uh, video channel too. So, Matt, I got to run. Thanks for joining me today. Always a Thanks great conversation. Much. We'll do it again sometime soon. Absolutely. Take care. Matt Robeson, former congressional staffer, campaign consultant, podcaster, broadcaster, political analyst with us here this morning on the Watchdog Morning Show. Every Friday on TalkLine, it's Steam Release, your weekly opportunity to vent. You can also release Steam about the host. 95% of our political news today is driven by political views. I don't care if it's ABC, NBC, Fox, CBS, all of them. You all are the ones that's going to destroy this republic, not anyone else. You, Hoppy, you. Steam release every Friday on TalkLine right here on this Metro News radio station. We'll talk to you then. Creole and Stack Auction Service. We sell the earth and everything on it. From estates to business liquidation, antiques, coins, firearms, real estate, and more. We're also certified appraisers. Creole and Stack can handle it all. Call us now for a free outside consultation. 304-233-3168. Or visit FrioAndStack.com. Licensed in West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Frio and Stack Auction Service. We sell the earth and everything on it. team is ready to roll from the robinson auto group studios this is the watchdog morning show with howard monroe jeremiah was a bullfrog was a good friend of mine the world all the boys and girls joy to the preachers in the got me singing today, Bob. A lot of good singing songs. I don't know that you all think it's good singing, but I, I'm enjoying singing along. These are these are Harvard sing-along songs. I like that. Joy to the world. I feel like joy to the world today. Joy to everybody. The uh, promo that we just ran for Hoppy 
was such a perfect follow-up to the conversation that Matt Robeson and I had about what's wrong, institutions are failing, nobody trusts us, and that guy that was on with the steam release last week, the problem with America today is you, Hoppy, you. Just a perfect follow-up to what, what Matt and I were talking about. Frio Stack Auction Service text line, um, oh my God, Howard, what a political hack you have become. Okay. Really? Yeah. Where I, you been? I guess so. Uh, Bob, oh. There we go. Bob, you used to be a caller, but now you're on their side. Okay. I don't know quite what that means, but that's it. Referencing, I think, Matt Robeson. This guy has drunk the Biden Kool-Aid. Okie dokie. Wow. Uh, let's see. Text line, Frio Stack Auction Service. Text line, 304-214-1600. Uh, Howard, if issue one fails, would it surprise you if those that wanted it to pass would try to get the Ohio Supreme Court to rule the election as illegal and throw out the results? Uh, actually, no, that would not surprise me. They will, they will try every which way they can to get their way. Um, and that's, no, it would not surprise me that they would claim somehow that it was an improper election because that's, well, frankly, what people do. Uh, let's see. Another one. Yeah. Yeah, another one. Robert C. Byrd sponsored that bill. I wonder what, I don't know what bill that is. What was I talking about? Robert C. Byrd sponsored that bill. I don't know what that, uh, probably had meaning at the time. I just, I, I don't know. Uh, text me 304-214-1600, 304-214-1600. Uh, I do want to remind you, uh, today is election day in Ohio. If you have not voted, early voting, uh, go to your polls. It is issue number one. It is the it's issue one. It's issue only. Oh, okay. I got you. Uh, it's issue. Thank you. It's issue. My mind isn't working right today, pal. I'm sorry. You got to do this. <laughs> I thought that might confuse you. Yeah, yeah, it probably did. Never mind. Uh, issue one. They call it issue one, but it's issue only. It's the only on the ballot. And it is this business of changing the threshold for uh, approving a constitutional amendment. Democracy, in my mind, is 50 plus one. They want to change the constitutional amendment threshold to, to 60 percent, which would mean 40 percent minority would rule. You want to vote no on issue one to preserve democracy, in my opinion, and Ted Strickland's from there. Very good, Howard. Before we go to the Big Seven and Bob uh, Westfall, a couple of things. I, I want to give kudos uh, to our production team. Uh, the new uh, Frio Stack uh, auction service uh, spot uh, was just Tom Notch. It's, it's just great to hear Jimmy going, sold, sold, sold there at the end. So so great job to them. And, Howard, we are a family here at the Watchdog. And I want to mention this. Uh, Donnie Gilbert, you all know from, uh, from 12 to 3, talks about his brothers and probably the brother you heard of uh, the most, uh, and heard, Frank Gilbert. And heard the most. He right here on, in the studio. The uh, Frank had a really, really serious tumble yesterday or, or sometime over the week, a couple of days ago. And Frank is hurt bad. So uh, your prayers, your thoughts, uh, please, uh, because uh, this is very, very serious, and we wish Frank nothing but the best. But again, this in, is a, it's a, it's a bad. This situation. is a serious matter, very and, serious matter. And we pray for not just for Frank, but for Donnie and, and the, the whole Gilbert and, family. And the whole family. It's it's a it's a very bad situation, and um, I believe, and I could be wrong on the time, but I believe they're having a prayer vigil tonight at nine o'clock. You don't have to be there. It's just at nine o'clock. Stop and pray. Uh, for Frank Gilbert and Ed for the family as well. Yeah, absolutely. All right, do we can we go to Bob now? Yeah, kind of on a bummer note, but uh, that's that's how it works sometimes. Right, but uh, Bob Westfall, Bob Westfall from the Big Seven WTF TV. Good morning, Bob. 
Morning, Howard. Um, I was going to ask how you're doing, but well, we're you obviously. know, yeah, it's uh, you know, a member of the family, so to speak. The broadcast family is in bad shape. Frank had a, took a terrible, terrible fall, and um, I, I don't just don't want to go too much into detail because we'll wait right. and see how things go. But it's it's yeah. he's he's in bad shape, bad shape. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll go on from that. We'll have, we'll have them in our thoughts. Thank you. What uh, uh, what are you working on today? All right, of course, special session continues in Charleston. Um, uh, West Virginia State Police and correction issues are the big things, um, so we'll continue to follow that. Um, what can you say about a special session in West Virginia? Um, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Um, so we're going to be following that uh, for the next few days. So that's something that's out there. Uh, I know he addressed uh, Governor Justice addressed the state police issue and corrections. Uh, short uh, short staffing, uh, but that is uh, and that was that was in, that was in response to a with. Catherine that was in response to a Catherine Guyon question, right? Absolutely was yes. Um, yep. So yeah, she's pretty good, isn't she? So uh, she did uh, get into one on one with him. Uh, we did get that. So that that's uh, that's kind of what's uh, cooking down in Charleston right now. So we're going to do with that. Uh, I'm going to try and catch up to the newest delegate down there, uh, Diane Wisenreed. Um, as she uh, as she has her first special session, so we're working on that today. Uh, I forgot about her. Work. She she's the one who took over for Erica, correct? Uh, yes, she's the I one for, took over man, for I Erica. About so that. yep, it's her first special session. So we're uh, trying to track that down just to get her thoughts on the craziness that is a special session uh, in Charleston. So uh, working on that one. Uh, don't know if that's going to happen today or tomorrow, but we're working on it. Uh, some of the other things, of course, our high school football previews continue. Uh, Shenandoah, the Mighty Zeps, uh, Harrison Central Huskies, and the Caldwell Redskins football all today, uh, various times throughout the day. Um, so high school football ticking one day closer. Uh, of course, our high school football uh, show is coming up on the 22nd. Um, so we're going to uh, have some, uh, some events for that. So uh, you ready for some football, Howard? Are you ready for some football? Yes, we yeah. were talking about that earlier. We're getting excited here at the Watchdog Radio Network. We've got uh, all the John Marshall games, all the Central games. We've got a bunch of special programming we'll announce in the near future to work around all of the football. Yeah, football is coming back, and we're excited to be there. All right. Uh, yeah, so are we. I mean, we, Scott and Dugan have been out everywhere. Um, so, um it's going to be a great year. It's going to be a great year. I'm really excited about our high school football coverage. So we've got that. Uh, Taking a look at Hancock County, they've hired five new deputies. Uh, so that's uh, that's kind of interesting. We're always hearing how there's a shortfall in law enforcement in the area. So uh, uh, Hancock County recently hired five deputies. Uh, Taylor Long is in Hancock County this morning. We're going to update that one. Uh, back to school. Speaking of uh, football, back to school itself. Uh, I'm going to talk to Ohio County Schools on immunizations what you need to know. Um, so uh, obviously some, some vaccines and vaccinations were hot topics over the last couple of years, so we're going to follow up on that to find out what that is. Jake uh, McClumphy is out uh, as we speak at Ohio County Schools to get that interview, so we've got that. Uh, community health fair up in Steubenville, Big Red, uh, so we're going to go up, check that out. Uh, another one of those big events before back to school. Uh, Wetzel County, uh, WVU Medicine Wetzel Community Hospital. There you go. Uh, it's having a media event. They've received some awards. Uh, going to uh, kind of toot their own horn. We're going to be down there for that. Uh, Dan Mayers is going to cover that today. 
Uh, probably the last thing I've got, Gabby Barrett. Uh, remember Gabby from, I think it was American Idol? Yeah. Pittsburgh area. Yep. Uh, she's coming back to Pittsburgh for a concert, so we're going to talk oh, cool. to her this morning and uh, just get her thoughts about coming home. So, All right. got Sounds that. Got to check it out. Check it out at noon, yep. 5, 6, 10, 11, uh, the uh, statewide show at 530, mm-hmm. and always at WTRF.com or with uh, the Channel 7 News app or Storm Tracker 7 on your phone. I got to run, Bob. Tomorrow is uh, our day off together, but I'll talk to you again on Thursday. In the meantime, have a great time. I think he said goodbye. I think he said goodbye. Did he say? Did he hang up on us? <laughs> no, don't get <laughs> that go. I don't want to start. No, he again. did not hang up. <laughs> he did not. He did not. It's ten o'clock. See y'all tomorrow. You know I love the lady. Abortion fight. If the threat.